Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I'm going to continue Spooner's fantastic essay, A Letter to Grover Cleveland, which is kind of like a Spooner rant, and we're going to talk some about the Ninth and the Tenth Amendments and explain some natural rights and delegation of powers and things like that that are really turn a constitutional conservative's world upside down if they ever open their mind. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth. And the truth is, I was a constitutional conservative. I believed all the stuff about the Constitution, the Freedom Machine, incredible document, amazing liberty protector, and all the stupid shit. I believed all of it, promoted it, ran around promoting it. And then about 25 years ago, I got the internet. And in fairly short order, I started figuring out this whole thing's a scam. It's a con. It's a grift. And when I figured that out, I became self-certified as a master practitioner. I don't need constitutional conservatives anymore because I know what they are. And I've also given myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for the incredible job I've done explaining the system in hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. And I'm also proud to announce that I gave myself the Presidential Medal of Freedom Award for the incredible job I did in Jones Plantation as Mr. Jones. (laughs) Go to jonesplantationfilm.com and buy that movie. Watch it. And I like making fun of these kinds of silly uh, awards and credentials because credentials and awards, officialdom, it's just a way to brainwash people and to keep people inside the Overton window of nonsense. Oh my gosh, you won your medal of this and that. It just means that you can spew officialdom back to people and impress people. (laughs) You're a good brainwashing agent for the state. All right, enough of that. Let's go ahead and get the show going. So I want to continue Spooner today. I was looking through the essay, A Letter to Grover Cleveland, and where we are. We're definitely getting close to the end. There's only a couple sections left. But I'm going to definitely take my time with the last couple sections because there's just a ton in there that's really, really important. And I just don't want it to be over. (laughs) It's so good. I I just, every time I look at Spooner and I think, well, how am I going to do this next show? And what should I add? And should I bring something else into it? And where should I cut it off? And things like that. I look and I just think this world would be so completely different if people understood Spooner and they were taught Spooner and the people when they were young were exposed to these concepts and ideas instead of the literally nonstop brainwashing that the people are subjected to. And I read through the final end of the essay before I did this show and I'd been reading it some last night. It just reminds me of why I detest these constitutional conservatives and media and academia so much. And people think I'm too hard on them. You know, it's like, oh, we need those people. You need to be nice to them, legal man. You need to be nice. You shouldn't tell them this and that. Like, you know what? When I get to the end of this essay, people will see why I detest them so much. Because they drain off everybody we need. And the reality is that liberals don't pretend to be looking out for me. They openly tell me that they're going to try to take my crap and give it away for diversity, equity, inclusion, that I somehow am responsible for slaves I never had, and go down the list and all the crazy shit, common defense and general welfare and all this spending they're going to engage in and all these regulations that are supposedly for my good. They don't come forward and tell me that they're about liberty and freedom and limited government. 
Constitutional conservatives and media and academia and all the ones I simply cannot stand, the arrogant dickheads basically on social media who are so convinced they are fighting for freedom. Those people, they run around with the most virtue signaling nonsense about helping and preserving and fighting for liberty. And they always look down on me, well, why don't you just give up? If you don't want to support the United States Constitution, you must hate freedom. And I just cannot stand those jokers. They're so ignorant. They are so fantastically ignorant. I have no problem helping people who want help and who have an open mind and understand they were kind of screwed up trying to figure it out. But those people aren't that. They really aren't. I've said it many times that this essay, A Letter to Grover Cleveland, is his greatest essay. It's maybe not as most important because I think that trial by jury is that. And I think his sort of most insightful is constitution of no authority, no treason. All of his stuff is great, but this is so wide ranging. And the fact it's addressed in a letter to Grover Cleveland just makes it so great to me. And of course, we've been talking about the Ninth Amendment, and I've been taking my time with this and giving you a bunch of different examples and bringing other stuff in and trying to show people how important this is and the ludicrous nature of the idea that you have all these amendments and you have this catch-all amendment that just basically just says that just because something wasn't enumerated, that it's still a right that the people have. And that's just completely been read out. And if it wasn't read out, that there'd be nothing going on. The government have virtually no power. And it would basically be in a position of simply trying to regulate, meaning to bring back into a natural sort of flow these things and protecting natural rights. And it's literally no part of the governmental system we have, no part of the legal system we have, no part of legal training, no part of the law that the courts are so-called obligated to follow and sworn to. The corrupt system is just mind-bending. And the last few sections of this essay really, really take it to task in a way that only Spooner can. I really hope I do it some kind of justice because it's so critical for people to understand. So let's pick it up again. Back, I'm going to probably do one of these paragraphs, as I usually do, to kind of give people the idea of where we are. He's been talking about the ridiculous nature of the way the Ninth Amendment has just been ignored by the courts and everybody else with regards to this country forever and how it's just completely warped the interpretation, so-called, of the Constitution. So let's start. If anyone will now look back to the records of Congress and the courts for the last 80 years, he's writing in 1880, of course, I do not think that he will find a single mention of this amendment. And why has this been so? Solely because the amendment, if its authority had been recognized, would have stood as an insuperable barrier against all the ambition and rapacity, all the arbitrary power, all the plunder, and all the tyranny which the ambitious and rapacious classes have determined to accomplish through the agency of the government. It's <laughs> uh, so good, right? I and mean, this is the entire purpose of government. I tell people all the time, all these fantasies and fairy tales about the government being there to protect you, that is utter horseshit. There's no part of this government that's there to protect you. To the extent it ever protects anybody who isn't an insider, the only reason it ever happens is through pure chance or in order to keep the illusion running so that they can do more theft and robbery some other form or fashion down the road. So you have to keep the people believing. 
That's why I've said it over and over and over again. Is all these ideal, there's not going to be an election. 2024 will be the last election. That's never going to go away, people. That's the heart of the scam. This idea that you're free and the people vote and all this other stupid crap. That's why constitutional conservatives are so well paid in media and academia. Because... They are absolutely essential. You absolutely have to keep this absurd fantasy going that voting is so important. I've told people again and again, that's really the purpose that Trump plays. They don't understand it, but the real purpose of it is to get people to constantly believe that their vote matters so much that your freedom hinges on this vote. But for your fantastic vote, You could lose all your freedoms, even though we already have no freedoms. (laughs) It's just absurd. And people always say, well, we are free. And they always want to compare us to some preposterous totalitarian regime, which is hilarious to me. And, of course, they mix these concepts. The last show I did talking about, well, we have to have something. They love to push on this idea that, but for having that, we would have this chaotic anarchy where everything would run wild. Those are the only two choices you get. And then, of course, when I say, well, you already have a horrible system, do they point to some kind of anarchy? No, they point to these totalitarian regimes. So super government. And, of course, the government we have, we can't even have this kind of light bulbs you want anymore. Literally every kind of aspect of your life is controlled through state or federal regulation, taxation, in a million different ways. The fact that you aren't sitting in a prison, you're not actually in a gulag, confuses people because they still have the ability to go out and consume. But the restrictions on freedom, they're literally everywhere. You can't even go get in your car without it being registered and licensed and (laughs) inspected. And you can only buy certain kind of cars, only can put certain kind of gas in it. Every kind of area is taxed and regulated a million ways. It's just ludicrous. Everywhere you drive, all the different special rules and the cops hiding behind bushes to get you for going three miles an hour over the speed limit. And you can't take a left without a signal, even if there's no one there. And if you change lanes, it's all so stupid. It's so stupid. Everything's licensed and registered and recorded and certified and updated. And And still the people will tell me how free they are. Just complete fools. Let's, Let's read some more. The fact that these classes have been so successful in perverting the Constitution thus amended, meaning from the Ninth Amendment, from an instrument avowedly securing all men's natural rights into an authority for utterly destroying them is sufficient proof that no lawmaking power can be safely entrusted to anybody for any purpose whatsoever. (laughs) Now... This is being incredibly kind when it comes to Spooner, because if you've ever read No Treason or listened to my series on that, he just shows you how the Constitution's utter shit. And I'm also completely convinced that it was a complete and total scam. But the way it was sold, he's talking about the way it was sold and then amended, is that it's this fantastic way to preserve rights and protect freedoms and all this shit. All the stupid stuff you hear from constitutional conservatives. But anybody can look around and see it absolutely does nothing to do any of those things. Nothing whatsoever. It hasn't preserved anything. We've got the largest government in the history of the world that literally taxes and controls any and every aspect of your life. And we just went through the sections showing you that the definition of to regulate has been interpreted and defined by the Holy Supreme Court to basically mean that they can make an arbitrary rule and law up about anything they fucking care to. (laughs) That's it. And if you don't like it, well, then they'll just come with government men with guns and put you in a cage or throw you in front of their kangaroo courts. So it's just clear that if a document 
as clear as the Constitution when it comes to the limited powers, Article 1, Section 8, enumerating them. And then if that can get misinterpreted in these broad implied powers and all this other shit, I've made show after show showing people. And that the Ninth Amendment can be ignored and the Tenth Amendment can be ignored. And all these powers that the government supposedly has are just virtually infinite. The, we're supposed to believe that the people, a free people, gave to the government the authority to make up any random law they cared to and enforce it on the people. That's what we're supposed to believe. That's what you have to believe in order to accept the so-called Supreme Court interpretations of this stuff. And so his point there is that if a document like this isn't sufficient proof, and he's writing in 1880 that you can't possibly have these kinds of governments, they can never be trusted, then there could never be any evidence. This is obviously sufficient. All right, let's finish this section here. And that this perversion of the Constitution should have been sanctioned by all the judicial tribunals of the country is also a proof not only of the servility audacity, and villainy of the judges, but also the utter rottenness of our judicial system. I mean, people wonder why I hate it so much, why I made my blog, why I've made hundreds of shows trying to explain to people. I've practiced law for almost 35 years. I've seen every kind of crookery. That's all the courts are. That's all they are. They have absolutely no interest in any kind of justice whatsoever, and there is no justice in those courts. Except what I said, which is just pure accident, or it benefits the system to preserve a little justice to sort of put it on the front page and have an article. But all the shit that goes on is just ridiculous. And I've been screwed by the system countless times. Countless times. Just absurd. I've told people about how one or more means more than one. How I had this great class action. And we were entitled to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and damages in that case. I would have been set for life 25 years ago. And that the entire case came down to the language that said one or more. If there was a payment due and one or more payments, then it applied and we win. Well, the payment was for American Express and American Express payments are due in one payment. It's true you can put them off, but they're due in one payment. So it doesn't matter if they're due in one payment or more payments. The language of one or more is as broad as it can get as broad as it can get. And the court ruled that one or more, in this case, means more than one. <laughs> so I can give you other stories about how corrupt it is that I've personally been involved with. So one or more does not mean more than one. But that's what the courts are there to do. They're there to protect the interests. And the last few sections of this essay also make that clear. That's why I'm looking forward to doing them. But the courts are rotten to the core. Even the few honest judges there are out there, which I'm sure there are some, I don't know if I've ever actually run across any, but the reality is that there probably are some out there, but they're so hamstrung by the corruptness of the system, having to follow these phony baloney decisions, having to follow all these made-up procedural rules that just create fantastic amounts of injustice. They have to do it. All the instructions that they don't permit regarding jury nullification, just go down the list. It's impossible to serve as a judge and be anything but uh, corrupt. You can do your best to try to avoid it. And maybe you can pull it off in family court where it's really just kind of a court of equity and it's left to the judge. But you talk about most family law judges. My God, they're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. But you could theoretically kind of do it in family law for the most part. But they don't. But they don't. So let's go on.
It is a sufficient proof that judges who are dependent upon lawmakers for their offices and salaries and are responsible to them by impeachment cannot be relied on to put the least restraint upon the acts of their masters, the lawmakers. God, it's so true. I was looking through the list of so-called things that the Supreme Court's found unconstitutional, whole or in part, and I was just laughing my ass off. I may do a show about some of those because they're just so ridiculous. Uh, They don't protect anything, and they're always over things that are like the entire statute's laughably unconstitutional, and the idea that the court protected and carved out this little tiny thing and people run around and act like they're protecting us is just laughable. It's just totally laughable. Such, then, would have been the effect of the Ninth Amendment if it had been permitted to have its legitimate authority. And that's why it isn't allowed to. And this is exactly the same kind of thing I tell people with regards to anybody out in media who's gotten a lot of attention. There's no possible way they're on your side. It's completely impossible because the system is completely controlled. And the system is never going to permit somebody who's a genuine threat to the system, to make tens of millions of dollars inside the system. It's just never going to happen. The same with the courts. The corrupt system like we have will never permit a non-corrupt judicial system to exist. It's always going to be corrupt because its entire purpose is to make sure that the corruption is defended and protected and the bad actors who have access to government can be protected. That's the entire purpose. And everything else is a fantasy. And if you just look at it through that lens, you'll see that it all makes sense and there won't be any confusion. There won't be any confusion at all. So, all right, that's the end of section 25. Let's go on and read a little of section 26, even though the topic changes, because I think it's important. And if you hear some noise in the background or some mewing, the cats are very riled up because they haven't heard any spooner in a while. (laughs) Okay, section 26. The Tenth Amendment is in these words. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. See, so they're reserving powers and rights in the Constitution. Those were the catch-alls. Just think how that's just been completely and totally obliterated with the kind of John Marshall horseshit interpretation, giving it broad discretion and grand this and open that and plenary here and implied that and <laughs> all the crap they dreamed up. This amendment, equally with the ninth, secures to the people all their natural rights. And why? Because, in truth, no powers at all, neither legislative, judicial, nor executive, had been delegated to the United States by the Constitution. But it will be said that the amendment itself implies that certain lawmaking powers had been delegated to the United States by the Constitution. This is a great Spooner point. No. It only implies that those who adopted the amendment believe that such lawmaking powers had been delegated to the United States by the Constitution. (laughs) Great point. And this is the importance of being able to truly parse the language, which is something that decades of being a lawyer has helped me to learn how to do and to perfect. But the reality is that it doesn't matter if the people imagine they could do it. When you hear his argument, which is a natural law argument, it's very clear he's correct. And that the only way you could ever delegate something like that is in a fantasy land. And there's only very specific terms you could ever delegate to them, and the Constitution doesn't meet any of those terms. 
So let's listen to his explanation about why they were mistaken. But in this belief, they were entirely mistaken. And why? Number one, because it is a natural impossibility that any lawmaking powers whatsoever can be delegated by any one man or any number of men to any other man or any number of other men. Men's natural rights are all inherent and inalienable. How many people have heard that term? Talk about rights or inalienable rights. Well, apparently our powers and rights, they've all been alienable, <laughs> even though they're supposedly inalienable, and therefore cannot be parted with or delegated by one person to another. That's what it means to be inalienable. I can't give you my rights. They're my rights. There's no way for me to trade them. I can't give you the power I have. It doesn't work. It's just simply not possible. It's true this is a difficult concept for people to get because they're so brainwashed their entire lives about statutory law and powers and all this crap that's been delegated, the judge acting and this person acting with the force and effect of government and the powers delegated to me, blah, 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 blah. That's not possible. But once you sit and think about it for a while, you can start seeing it. And that's why it's important that people study natural law and understand it. And that's why I did his natural law essay. And all contracts whatsoever for such a purpose, in other words, to try to delegate them, are necessarily absurd and void contracts. In other words, they just can't actually be enforced in any form or fashion. They're not a contract. It's not an enforceable contract. It's offer, acceptance, consideration, passing of any of this stuff. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you intend it to work. I can't give them to you. Just like I can't have you breathe my air. It doesn't work. I have to breathe it. You have to breathe yours. For example, I cannot delegate to another man any right to make laws, that is, laws of his own invention, and compel me to obey them. Such a contract on my part would be a contract to part with my natural liberty, to give myself or sell myself to him as a slave. Such a contract would be an absurd and void contract, utterly destitute of all legal or moral obligation. It's true. Now, you could have a contract, you could enter into one, like one of these BDSM psychopaths who get off on this stuff, and it's their big kink, I'm her slave. I sleep in a box at the bottom of the bed. Yay! And you could enter into some kind of sex contract that you're going to be their personal slave and all this other stupid shit that people do. Every kind of crazy kink that's out there you could ever imagine is there and people get into it. But the thing's not enforceable. You couldn't take that into court if the dude or the chick who made the contract and decided to be a slave and walk around in a slave suit with a ball gag in her mouth all the time, sleeping in a box by the bed, decided, you know what? I've kind of outgrown this. This is kind of bullshit. I don't want to do it anymore. It wouldn't be like, oh, well, we got a contract. We got an official contract. You know, that's not a real contract. See, it's not a contract. It's not enforceable. In any sense of the word, you can't sell yourself into slavery. It doesn't work. It's not enforceable. <laughs> Two, I cannot delegate to another any right to make laws, that is, laws of his own invention, and compel a third person to obey them. This is such an important point that people do not get. He's talking about laws that are man-made, statutory, arbitrary, made-up laws that we've been going over. Of course, natural laws, they just exist. You have every right to enforce yours, defend someone else's, as anybody else does. Those aren't the kind of laws. Men don't make those laws. Those laws are there. They're already there, like the laws of chemistry, laws of physics. Man doesn't make those. They discover them. It's the same thing with natural laws. 
when it comes to your rights. For example, I cannot delegate to A any right to make laws, that is, laws of his own invention, and compel Z to obey them. I cannot delegate any such right to A because I have no such right myself, and I cannot delegate to another what I do not possess myself. This is critical. <laughs> There's no man that has the right to simply tell me what to do in some kind of arbitrary fashion. That there's no such right. No man has it. And it doesn't matter how many people get together and say, well, we're going to decide that you can do it. It doesn't matter how big the group is. This is why all this voting and a slim majority and all this crap, it's all crap at the bottom. If I don't consent, it's fucking criminal to come at me. And people say, well, you couldn't agree to anything. That's not true. I could agree to a system where within certain bounds that I would agree that I will live with those results. And if the results aren't exactly what I wished for, well, then I'll live with those. I can agree to that. That's fine. That on whole, not getting everything I want inside this sort of organizational system is worth it on whole because I get more of what I want than not. Like any relationship, you never get everything you want. I never get anything I want, but I'm saying you never get everything you want, but on whole, it's worth it. And so this idea people are always saying, well, you can never do anything. You can never get 100% agreement. You don't have to get 100% agreement on everything in order to have consent. You don't. <laughs> you only have to have consent that the decision will be made within a certain set of parameters that you'll live with. That's it. Plenty of wiggle room in there. But our system is nothing like that. But this is the importance. You can't delegate something you don't have. You don't have the ability to say, well, I'm just going to allow Jack to go ahead and make whatever laws he wants. You got to obey him. Because I have no right to do that to you. So there's nothing to delegate. So that's the issue there. For these reasons, no lawmaking powers ever could be, and therefore no lawmaking powers ever were, quote, delegated to the United States by the Constitution. No matter what the people of that day, any or all of them, may have attempted to do or may have believed they had power to do in the way of delegating such powers. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, Legal Man? <laughs> well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. For these reasons, no lawmaking powers ever could be, and therefore no lawmaking powers ever were, quote, delegated to the United States by the Constitution. No matter what the people of that day, any or all of them, may have attempted to do or may have believed they had power to do in the way of delegating such powers. Great point. So you're stuck with either they weren't attempting to delegate any powers that weren't the natural law, natural right powers that 
the government would have to enforce on people, not make up themselves, or they attempted to delegate a bunch of stuff over there to make these arbitrary rules a la Justice Marshall's interpretation of to regulate, and they completely failed. It's not enforceable in any form or fashion. So yet another reason for no treason, constitution of no authority. It's not possible to do. You can't delegate what you don't have. You can't. It's as simple as that. And the people are so incredibly brainwashed and unfamiliar with natural law. They don't even understand this concept, and most people really can't grasp it. Continue. Every man has, by nature, certain judicial powers or rights. That is to say, he has, by nature, the right to judge of and enforce his own rights, and judge of and redress his own wrongs. But, in so doing, he must act only in accordance with his own judgment and conscience, and subject to his own personal responsibility, if... Through ignorance or design, he commits any error injurious to another. It's an absolute critical point that without personal responsibility and without the ability to judge of your conscience like the original jury instructions were to do your conscience, not all these ridiculous instructions and definitions and restrictions and statutory definition of this and that. No, it didn't fit. You can't hear that evidence. No. If you want someone to pass judgment, they have to be able to pass judgment by listening to it, doing it on their own conscience, the way they think it needs to be done, and give the answer they think is appropriate. And they must be willing to personally stand behind it. We have no part of any of that in our system. Not even one tiny part of that is part of our system. And all of that's necessary. So you can't give it away. Now, and as much as no man can delegate or impart his own judgment or conscience to another... It is naturally impossible that he can delegate to another his judicial rights or powers. It's impossible. I can't do what they claim, which is to turn over, delegate to this arbitrary set of unknown justices who sit for life, who I have no say in whatsoever, to have this power to oversee and arbitrarily make rulings using whatever standards they care to with no personal responsibility. That's not something I could ever delegate because it's not something I could ever do. (laughs) And he can't even use my own conscience. He's not even required to use his. It's just so asinine. Let's read a little more. So too... Every man has, by nature, a right to judge of and enforce the rights and judge of and redress the wrongs of any and all other men. This is the, I get to enforce my own contracts. I get to. That's been taken from us. This right is included in his natural right to maintain justice between man and man and to protect the injured party against the wrongdoer. Bingo. This is vigilante justice. This is so ridiculous. I rewatched Death Wish from like the early 70s with Charles Bronson. I like watching those older movies because they don't have all the stupid woke shit. And I like seeing the way the country was when I grew up. It was just so much more normal. Everyone wasn't fat and everything wasn't woke. And the people weren't just, just beyond weird. And Lizzo wasn't the most popular cheerleader that the quarterback wanted to date and all this other stupid crap. But anyway, Death Wish was the original kind of Charles Bronson vigilante movie. And it was so interesting to watch it as an adult now. I hadn't seen that movie in probably 20 years all the different stuff I know from Spooner is just laughable to watch the police chief and the district attorney so upset that a vigilante was out there. 
killing what they knew were bad people in the movie. It was very obvious. They knew he was killing bad people, people who were mugging people and causing crimes and threatening people, which is, at the time in New York, which was just absolutely full of crime, was something that they simply couldn't stand. See, they couldn't stand to have that because they said that the crime statistics were dropping and they were afraid to let the public know that they couldn't keep it under wraps that long. And that was the pressure to go find Charles Bronson because if the public ever finds out that this shit works so well, they're going to have a thousand other vigilantes out there and they're going to lose control of the so-called justice system where they're there to make sure that you are a victim unless they don't want you to be. So it was so funny. So they catch him and they let him know that he, they're not going to hold him responsible. They're going to let him go. They're not going to prosecute him. And that's what that movie is really about. I just thought it was so stinking funny. Every man has a right to step in and do justice on behalf of someone else who's weak or incapable or just to assist them. You do, but you have to do it taking the responsibility that if you judge wrongly and you don't understand all the circumstances and you make a mistake, well, now you're going to be personally liable for that. And all of that is just stripped out of the system with these cops that have no responsibility. They're totally immune. They run around. The Supreme Court has said they're not even there to protect us, to defend us in any form or fashion. They have no duty. And yet that's who we have to rely on. If you try and do it yourself, they'll come arrest you. It's just, it's so upside down. See, it's all so upside down. Read a little more. But in as much as in this case, as in the preceding one, he can neither delegate nor impart his own judgment or conscience to another. He cannot delegate his judicial power or right to another. Right? Can't happen. Doesn't happen. Impossible. Each person gets to act within this defined area where they have to use their own conscience, their own judgment, and take personal responsibility for their own actions. It's not okay to say, well, it was delegated by the so-called community, or the so-called government, which has absolutely no rights to somehow go out and enforce things in an arbitrary fashion or in a fashion that violates my conscience, which a lot of so-called back-the-blue people claim all these cops have all these great intentions, but they're out there just abusing people's rights. I, I don't get it. But you're not entitled to do that, and I could never delegate that because I couldn't go do it. You're stuck. You can only delegate what you have. All right, I'm going to read a little more. But not only were no lawmaking or judicial powers delegated to the United States by the Constitution, neither were there any executive powers so delegated. And why? Because in a case of justice or injustice, it is naturally impossible that any one man can delegate his executive right or power to another. Every man has, by nature, the right to maintain justice for himself and for all other persons by the use of so much force as may be reasonably necessary for that purpose. But he can use the force only in accordance with his own judgment and conscience and on his own personal responsibility if, through ignorance or design, he commits any wrong to another. And, of course, the executive branch. That's the one who's supposed to enforce the laws, right? Everyone's running around. Joe Biden's not enforcing the laws. Everything he's so-called delegated to do is bullshit. He's supposedly delegated to enforce a bunch of arbitrary laws in a way that whether he agrees with it or not, he has to keep doing it. It's just, the system is so insane that could never, ever, ever be delegated to somebody. You have to have the ability, the power, the right yourself before you can ever delegate. And these things can't be delegated. Just like I can't delegate somebody looking for me, seeing for me, hearing for me. I can't. I can't delegate them breathing for me, pumping my heart. I can't. I can't delegate someone else living my life for me. Doesn't work. 
even if you do go online and get to Second Life, <laughs> like they had in Hot Tub Time Machine, where he was doing time. <laughs> uh, just doesn't work. Let's continue. The result is that in all judicial and executive proceedings for the maintenance of justice, every man must act only in accordance with his own judgment and conscience and on his own personal responsibility for any wrong he may commit, whether such wrong be committed through either ignorance or design. It's so important. See, that's just so incredibly critical. And literally, not one single part of that is involved in our system. Not one single part. Even if we could somehow delegate it, and they acted in that somehow behalf, but they haven't. And it can't be because they're literally obligated. They swear an oath to, in effect, enforce arbitrary made-up rules. That's what they do now because they've been told it is constitutional. And that's why people are so incredibly confused about the Constitution, their rights, because constitutional conservatives and media and academia constantly miseducate, misinform, and confuse the people to make sure they never figure this stuff out. Ever. Never. And I don't care if the vast majority of them are acting so-called in good faith because they're so fucking ignorant. They don't know. Okay, well, you don't get up there and pretend to be an academic and a scholar in an area. And don't get on the media and pretend to be someone who can give advice and explain to people if you don't know what you're talking about. And these people don't know what they're talking about. So, yeah, are they tiny bit less bad than the people who do know the truth and are lying to everybody? Yeah, they are, but they're still horrible actors taking tens of millions of dollars. And trust me, they will not listen to any kind of reason because their entire careers are built on it. You think if I could talk to them and explain to them Spooner, you think they'd go out there and they change their tune? No, they keep making their show and maybe in private they'd laugh about it. That's it. They just become those kinds of bad actors. So that's why it's just all so silly and ridiculous. And I want to stop there because there's a little bit more he goes into in this area, but it's important, just like the Ninth Amendment was important, it's important to understand these concepts and to see how far from them we are and how essential they are. And that if people understood these concepts, we wouldn't have the problems. I wouldn't have to explain to people all the time. It'd be clear as day. And the idea that you could force a jury to have to listen to some ridiculous definition and statute and instruction and delete this and ignore that evidence and all this other stupid crap and they must find this or that. Everybody would know that's crap. No, no, I'm going to listen to the evidence I think needs to be heard and I'm going to uh, make my decision accordingly. And we wouldn't have to worry about all these arguments about policy and this. Everybody would see none of this is possible. This is a criminal behavior. This is a criminal organization. This is all this is. It's all government's purporting to be. They'd see it. That's why Spooner is so critical. That's why this essay is so great. Like I said, all of his essays are great. But this one is just so great in this area because it really lends itself to kind of a Spooner-esque rant. And he definitely goes on a rant near the end of the essay. And it's just, it's fantastic. It really is. And so I am going to wrap it up there for today. But uh, hopefully people are, are getting a feel for why this essay is so powerful. It's so good and such a mind opener for people if they'll listen to it or read it with any kind of open mind. It's probably causes a lot of cognitive dissonance for most con cons. They just can't deal with it because it just makes it clear that Oh my God, everything I believe was complete and total crap. I've been spending my time just absolutely promoting nonsense. And I get it. I felt like that too. I was pissed. 
Yeah, but I wasn't going to continue to defend these concons. I'm like, I was pissed that they wasted my time and fooled me like that. I was pissed. I didn't feel bad about myself because I didn't have the internet. There's no way to really find out. Ever since the internet, I'm sorry, but, you know, the excuses get smaller and smaller every year that goes by for people not to catch on. It really does. But the point being that Booner is fantastic, and I just hope people can see why these issues, they take a lot of repeating and they take a lot of pounding into people's heads because they're so fundamental. If you build a strong foundation, if you build a strong foundation, then you can understand a lot of stuff maybe you've never heard or seen before when it comes into your world. You'll be able to put it together because the foundation is critical. And that's why they make sure that the foundation we have is shit, that the foundation makes no sense in this arbitrary, pharyngified world of made-up rules that nobody can understand. And they don't make any sense, and they're never consistently applied. And they come out of nowhere. They're just pulled out of some justice's ass. So nobody can understand or make sense of it. That's why all legal analysis, when I periodically read some of you guys' uh, constitutional so-called analysis, it always makes no sense. It's just a load of shit. It's just a bunch of flowery words, no different than cisgender crap brought in. And they think they're such incredible intellectuals. It's just such a giant fraud from beginning to end. It really is. And if people understood it and had a real foundation, none of this shit would happen. Not one tiny bit of this government would ever be put up with. In fact, people over the world would catch on. They'd catch on. But, you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, I, like I said, I've admitted that to myself. I've come to grips with that. That's fine. I make my podcast for the people because there's a tremendous benefit in understanding the system, even if we can't change it. So even if we can't get jury nullification, you still benefit massively by understanding the system. Massively. I cannot explain to you how dangerous it is to believe that fantasy that constitutional conservatives tell you about the Constitution, the justice system, and the laws, and the way it's equal protection. It's, it's all totally made up. It has absolutely no application whatsoever in the real world to the court system or anything you do. Nothing. And if you understand the things I teach people, you'll never get surprised and blindsided by the system as you so-called wake up in the wrong order. Even if there's a bunch of other stuff you've never researched or investigated, it's so many things out there to investigate like that. I'm saying, even if you've never done that, but you understand this, you will never wake up in the wrong order. Because if you want to go research any of the other kind of so-called conspiracy theories that are out there, if you understand this one, it doesn't matter. But if you go out and research one of these other conspiracy theories, and now you realize that, you know, 911 was an inside job, or go down the list of ones, I don't even want to bring them up because they're so controversial with people. But any one of those, and then you think, well, okay, I know, and truth, and then you start getting in this one. Well, if you don't know this one, you are going to go out and you're going to think that you're entitled to speak truth and honesty because we have free speech and it's protected, the Constitution will protect you. You will get yourself in a tremendous amount of trouble, a tremendous amount of trouble. I tell people all the time, the analogy is very simple. Even if you live in a neighborhood that's fully corrupt and the police are all in on it, if you know that, you are a hundred times better off than someone who lives in that neighborhood, realizes it's corrupt, but has no idea that the police are in on it. That is the most dangerous position you can be in. The most. You think police are going to protect you. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you're just going to make it so much worse for yourself. And that's the advantage of understanding the system. That's why I tell people. And personally, I don't think my message is black pill, but I don't bother getting into explanations about that because it just requires a bunch of arguing. I don't care to. You want to call it black pilled and call it black pilled. 
to me, the truth is not blackpilled, but whatever. People perceive it as that, they take it as that, and it has a lot of resistance. That's the reality. There's a lot of resistance to my message, even though it's so clearly true. And so I've made peace with the fact that we're, we're never going to get enough people. But like I said, it really helps just individuals. People deserve to know the truth if they care to hear it. That's all. So thank you to all those people in Patreon who support my show for that reason. And I have tried to give you a legal education that's not available anywhere else at any price. You could spend $150,000, $200,000, $250,000 on some phony baloney legal degree. You're not going to know jack shit compared to uh, what I've taught you. It's just the reality. It's not bragging. It's just the facts. So thank you to everybody who supports my show. And if you want to, you can follow me. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Crime Review on Twitter. And I want to thank the people who are supporting Jones Plantation movie. I play Mr. Jones, help write the script, and it's a fantastic story from Larkin Rose who did the screenplay. And it really tells a, it's just an unwoke tale that's never been told about the way the system actually functions with the phony baloney voting and the phony baloney control systems, the people loving their slavery and the abusive monetary system that they bring in with the fake fed fiat money. It's a great story and it sneaks up on people and people are never going to listen to my podcast, but they might go see that movie. So I appreciate anybody who goes jonesplantationfilm.com, buy the movie, see the movie. Soon it's going to be out on Amazon, buy some merchandise, Watch the movie, share it with people. We can sneak up on people with a movie. We can. And beyond that, I don't think there's anything else to say, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Put your hands together one more time for Legal Man.